You are not here by accident. You are here by design. And you are here to find courage in the face of fear, to replace isolation with connection, to push back that feeling of overwhelm, and to start feeling confident. And you know how you're going to do it? By listening to other people's stories. There's no better way to feed your soul and raise your vibration and shift your mindset than to hear the stories of those who have gone before you. I'm your host, Lori Lynn, also known as Her Royal Excitedness, and I invite you to rise and climb. Welcome back to the Rise and Climb podcast with your host, Lori Lynn. I am so glad you joined us today because our guest is none other than the customer catcher himself, Martin Wales. Martin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you are sort of the epitome of the entrepreneur. So when someone asks you, you know, hey, Martin, what do you do? What do you tell them? Uh, good question. <laughs> I, 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 well, for my customercatcher.com business, I, I, our tagline is, we help you get customers until you beg us to stop. And, nice. uh, but generally speaking, because I've done many things, um, started out as a high school teacher, worked for Tony Robbins. Yes, I did. And then uh, <laughs> was on the speaking circuit with Zig Ziglar and Les Brown and uh, Mark Victor Hansen and all those guys, Jay Connor Levinson, Seth Godin, uh, you know, you name it. it. It was just a party. I was like selling from stage, speaker, I was on radio as a host for Microsoft and executive producer PayPal and just all sorts of different things. But it always comes back around to communication. And so what I do is help people communicate their message and their mission. And for, you know, aeronautic space engineers, I help them speak English. <laughs> so a lot of people right. don't know how to express <laughs> themselves. So uh, a lot of the time I end up helping people with um, titles for their books or titles for their products or their company or uh, their copy or their headlines or their, you know, their freebie opt-in, those types of things. So a lot of time it comes down to communication. So turning cash, you know, turning cash flow on from the copy that you write. And that includes like your scripts for your videos and things like that. So I help people a lot with their, lately with their videos online because how you speak is, you know, everyone spends so much time trying to learn how to write copy, but then they don't use that same language when they do their video. And then mm -hmm. I wonder why their videos aren't hooking people into their, you know, their memberships, their products, mm -hmm. their services, or their community. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, totally resonate with that. Like, <laughs> you're speaking my language. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Um. <laughs> it, sort of, it sort of ties in. So, you know, I, when, you, when you said I was the, I, the epitome of the entrepreneur, I didn't know if that was a compliment or, or, or a, a warning. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a little of both. Because <laughs> so, you know, we get bored easily, we move on to this project, and then we think that'll be cool and that'll be cool. And yeah. a lot of times we display symptoms of ADD or ADHD. And I always joke, it's like, I have AD, and then I don't even finish. And I'm on. I don't, I don't even, you know. So those other people got nothing on me. So really, it's just about finding what makes your heart beat today for most people. And um, that, that's sort of what it comes down to. It's like, how can you serve others? How can you help others? How can you, you know, have a good time while you're doing it? It's not like, you know, well, I want to, you know, 
chip rocks in a quarry so people can have nice rock gardens. <laughs> no, it's finding something that's enjoyable, something that comes naturally to you so you never run out of energy. And uh, if I'm still answering your question, one time I was at a, you know, the seven-figure seminar on Long Island or New York or whatever it was, and I was on a panel. And it was like every motivational speaker, money-making, millionaire, whatever, had been bankrupt. <laughs> wow. And, and so one of the questions was, is there one of you up there who's not bankrupt? And at the time, I had never been bankrupt. <laughs> so, uh, but, at the time. Yeah, but I went through a nasty divorce, and then I, I, the only round I won in that fight was I got 100% of the debt, and I went bankrupt. And I was like, awesome, I finally have that motivational story. Damn. <laughs> you know, so... I'm broke, bankrupt, and now I can make my way back to millions again. So thank you, Lord. Um, (laughs) However, I digress. The the next question that was amazing, and it wasn't an answer that came for me, but the person asked the question, how do you know you're doing the right thing, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't for me because I didn't even have to think about it. And I'm a believer, and I'm like, Holy Spirit just spoke right through me. And I said, when it's timeless, Right? You know when you're doing something and it's timeless and, you know, you're building a wooden ship inside a glass bottle and, you know, before you know it, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, you're like, what? Like, that's when you know you're doing the thing, when you never get tired, mm-hmm. right? When you, never, when you don't recognize time passing, you don't get fatigued, um, you know, and it's not that we never get fatigued or, you know, we have a long weekend or something and then we're tired to go to work or something. It's not just your physical fatigue. It's just that mental fatigue of, Oh, I don't want right. to do this again. I don't want to go work in a call center. I don't want to, you know, just raise my kids. You know, what can I do to contribute to the world? No, that's so true. I mean, I've found that, you know, doing these interviews, I'm, absolutely exhausted at the end of the day if I've gone if I've done you know four to six interviews in a day but it's a good kind of tired you know yes. it's that satisfied kind of I feel full I, I had all this energy all day long and now I have this like I will cautiously use this word when you're spent mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's being applied to other areas of our fun lives but when you're spent it's just like ah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can be you can be love spent, right? Yes, yes. Yes. And that's a good kind of spent. You gave your all, and now you can't move. (laughs) Right. That's good. And now we rest. All right. Next question. Right. Right. Moving right along. Moving right along Uh, to our next PG thirteen. Right. Exactly. Oh my word! Well, like you said, a lot of seven figure earners have at one time in their lives been bankrupt. Um, And I think a lot of that just has to do with getting to the point where you realize like, it's not about the money, you know, Uh it's all about the drive and the passion and the, you know, getting um, to interact with people and do the thing that's in your heart and that um, motivates you and keeps you going forward. And once you kind of shed that money piece, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like the money is a byproduct Mm -hmm. of doing the thing that, um, you can't help but to do and solve problems for people. And, you know, the bigger the problem, the, you know, the bigger the return. Um, what, what has this journey, like where are the places that this journey has taken you? And um, let me even back up even further. When you were younger, let's go back to, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe eight-ish. <laughs> um, what, what were the things that you would do without anyone asking you to do? And do you see those things popping up in your adult life? 
Um, I would say probably um, I wasn't the kid who was like buying an apple at the grocery store for 25 cents and going and selling it for 50. <laughs> but but uh-huh. um, some of the characteristics of an entrepreneur were coming out. Like I took pride in my work. So I would, I, I would shovel the driveway and, and have perfect corners or I would cut the grass or I would dig a trench for my dad. And, and, and then I would stand back and go, yeah, I did that. that you know, that's mm-hmm. good. So, mm-hmm. or I would ride my bike uh, from here to like the next town. And so it was a sort of a combination of pride of work, uh, endurance. Um, I did a lot of, you know, I wasn't really sort of an organized athlete until (laughs) grade eight, grade nine, started playing like more organized school sports and things like that. But Mm -hmm. I was probably, I was aware of um, marketing. Like I started looking at TV ads and um, I, I, I would watch, I would just be a sponge on different media, radio, different songs, different formats of radio. I'd watch TV and then, you know, look at the different kinds of ads that were on. And I wasn't just watching, oh, there's the Coca-Cola ad. I'd be like, oh, they're using that song and that's so that people like it. And I'd noticed that that spread. So it was, uh, you know, going viral, but old school. <laughs> like, right. I had to get up and turn the channel <laughs> to see it. You know, um, so I was, I was, I was, I probably had uh, whatever people call a sixth sense or a third eye or whatever. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I probably shouldn't say those things, but I, I was, I was looking at things in the bigger picture as things were going on. So um, I was just more aware of what things were going on. I actually didn't. Um, my parents had a challenging time. They had seven kids. My dad was a, a doctor, but um, he had high overhead and he wasn't. Tr- trained in, in money organization, things like that. So there wasn't like a ton of money around. Um, so I knew the pain of not, I mean, we never didn't eat, but <laughs> I knew, I knew the pain of where you didn't go on vacation every year. Or I knew other kids were doing stuff and, and we weren't or something like that, but my parents always found a way. Um, so I always saw them, uh, you know, they instilled in us like to be happy despite the circumstances. And very often mm-hmm. when you're, you know, you're bootstrapping a startup or, you know, and you're literally like working. Uh, I was in a couple of startups. I was the VP marketing of a startup, a tech company. And we're literally like, you know, eating pizza and Coke and up all night and hopping on a plane and going to a show in LA where back in the days of the floppy disk where you put the uh, disk in the computer and we, we would be mm-hmm. by hand copying them one at a time <laughs> before the trade show the next day. And, you know, so we were uh-huh. doing every job and we were, you know, tinkering and doing it ourselves and those sorts of things and begging. I think we actually flew there one year and I just begged booth space off the corner of, uh, you know, one of our suppliers who gave us like chips or something like computer chips. We, I just said, Oh, come on, like give me a computer. So they lent me a computer on the corner of their um, booth. Cause they had a, you know, 20 by 20 or something. Wouldn't really notice. And so just sort of doing whatever it took and then um, being very resourceful, like, you know, mm-hmm. going to one of my mm-hmm. suppliers and saying, well, I'll be standing here saying how awesome you are and that we use your product. And therefore I'm a testimonial. I'm not just mooching off of you. So just sort of finding ways to get stuff free. So, you know, I, we ended up on the back page of the industry magazine, which is the most premium spot, cost you way more money. But I went to each of our suppliers again and said, want to put your logo. And it was literally like half a square inch each of them. But I sold enough of the logos were like four or five of them along the bottom that actually paid for the ad and we paid zero. 
Um, but we got the premium space wow. and everyone thought we were some corporation and we're like, you know, two guys in a computer. <laughs> That's awesome. We won product of the that. year. Like I, 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 I wow. was, we were on fire. We won product of the year and we didn't develop the product yet. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it was the prototype. So it's like product of the year. Thank you. Thank you. Then, then, then the company bombed after that because we couldn't keep up with the marketing. Oh my gosh, that is incredible. Oh. Wow. Yes, yes. Lessons learned. Right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um so what are the what are the biggest challenges that you feel like you face um as an entrepreneur, as you know someone um, who flies solo and, and they're, they're not that different from regular businesses. So probably the biggest challenge most businesses have is execution. And then mm -hmm. sort of, well, why are you having trouble executing? And then very often entrepreneurs, which again is a very broad term, is just focus. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. focus. So start one thing, finish it. Um, mm -hmm. So I had a friend who's like, done is done. So 75% isn't done, 85% ain't done, 95% ain't done, done is done. Except he had a way better Southern accent. So, um, <laughs> so it's just sort of committing to getting one thing done. And you wear many hats, so it's very easy to go, oh, I've got to, you know, type this for my website. I've got to call somebody to, you know, get a product sample or something, depending on what you're doing. So um, we wear many hats. Uh, and then when you try and spin too many plates on the sticks as the old, you know, circus act or whatever you used to do, then things are going to happen. So that's probably the biggest thing. And so on one hand, we don't think in a focused manner to finish things. And then the other, we think too much where, and it usually stems around self-talk. So fear, <laughs> apprehension, is this going to work? Um, we always have naysayers, not mentioning any family names, <laughs> family member name, and, you know, and they just want to protect you. So I was, you know, I right. was, when I was in my like early twenties, I was in multi-level marketing and, and I was in this company and then I was in that company and, you know, we were, sw we're switching vehicles. Oh, that car looks faster than this one. This MLM looks better than that one. And, uh, you know, the good thing out of that was I learned sales skills and I learned how to teach sales skills and how to build a team. And so there, we often underestimate the power of our failures or the time invested in our journey. So even though we didn't win the race, we learned how to better equip ourselves for the next race. We learned how to, you know, not burn out by going too fast out of the gate. We learned how to take resources and have a team member along the track, if you will, with some water. Um, mm -hmm. So we learned to prep a little better. So, I think that's probably why you hear so many, you know, entrepreneurs who, you know, oh, I tried 10 businesses and failed at nine and became a multimillionaire on, on the 10th one. It's because we don't go back to zero, you know, all the way. We gain new skills. We gain relationships. Right. We have a network. We, you know, um, you know, the grasshopper, the willow grows strong in the wind. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you get beat up, you start learning how to duck the punch the next time it comes around, right? So 
Mm, kind of reminds so. me yeah. of the game show where they get clobbered by the thing spinning around. Like eventually, you've got some timing. <laughs> you know, you know what's going mm-hmm. on. You know how to work with banks a little better if you need to, or you know different things like that. You know how to once again get resourceful. So it's just sort of gather up as you go. So very often when I'm copywriting with someone, and we write out 20 headlines. And we go, oh, you know, that's the one. I was like, great. Now you have 19 other decent titles for articles or book chapters or mm. um, podcast topics. Or So you learn about leverage. And that's something that I teach a lot now or focus on is leverage. So it's like, don't waste. You don't need to be wasteful. <laughs> it's like, use those things. You put the time and energy into coming up with those 20 things. So use them as podcast topics. Use them as blog posts. Use them as, you know, an Instagram piece of wisdom. Ding! Buddha bells. <laughs> no, that, that's great advice. Um, we used to read Proverbs. Now we read Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us still read Proverbs. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. On Instagram. Oh my gosh. On Instagram. Yeah, that's true too. Um, so I homeschool three children. And back oh. when I started reading Proverbs out loud mm-hmm. to the kids as part of our homeschool mm-hmm. journey, my mm-hmm. oldest, who's now 15, he was, I don't know, probably uh, three, four, five at the time. He was pretty little. And uh, I started reading, you know, a few Proverbs every day. And having him memorize a couple, you know, and one of them was basically to the tune of um, don't toot your own horn, you know, let somebody else toot it for you. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of that, he says, you know, I really like this guy's sayings, even if some of them are against. (laughs) Even if some of them are what? Against me. Oh, against me. That's hilarious. So, So for those of you listening and don't know, Proverbs is a book in the t- a book in the Bible or a chapter, if you will, <laughs> where all of the license plate stickers come from. <laughs> <laughs> or the T-shirts, you know, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> the Instagram of the Stone yeah. Age. Right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, you got me pondering Proverbs now and how (laughs) a little fast forward to Instagram. I'm like, he's right. Like all of the, (laughs) well, a lot of the times people are, you know, all, all the talk these days about content where I need content. I mean, yeah, open Proverbs and there's, you know, so many motivational speakers, personal development, like ask and you will receive, like, where do you think that came from? Or you know, no one knows right. you're a fool until you open your mouth and prove it. Well, where do you think that came from? <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. all of these things. Of course, people might argue that, but it's still the number one bestseller worldwide. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there for you go. thousands of years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you're a homeschooler. There's so many lessons in homeschooling that entrepreneurs can learn. And and we were talking sort of in the green room prior about, you know, entrepreneur and you know, besides people stumbling over saying it because it's like, you know, from Louisiana or French or space or wherever it's from, entrepreneur, I just think it's a matter of self-sufficiency where, mm-hmm. you know, preppers think they've got it all with gathering guns and corn seed. But it's like, you know, entrepreneurs, it's like you want to be self-sufficient. You want to have a, a flexible schedule so you can homeschool your kids. You want to have a 
flexible schedule so you can deal with issues or um, your, your cash flow isn't reliant on a corporation or if it's a job situation, those types of things. Or multiple streams of income where, you, you know, you save up and you buy some real estate, but you're also a landscaper, like whatever it is. You just sort of money mm-hmm. lessons are in there, but it's more of a self-sufficiency I find where it's, uh, you, you need to be stubborn, I believe. Uh, you need to be smart and you need to um, be disciplined, not just in the, because um, I am not disciplined. <laughs> there's a proverb, there's, freedom comes from discipline. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> for me. <laughs> I could I just see, hear you in my head. I, even if this guy's sayings are against me. <laughs> yeah, even if like sayings are against me. Right? <laughs> yes, you're right, fine. So it's just sort of, um, you just have to persevere. And in, in one of my campaigns recently was about relentless revenue. But it's also about you need to be relentless. You need, not that you're stomping on people to get forward, but just relentless in the sense of if you, the more you focus on your goal, the less you notice the things being thrown against you and bumping you down and sideways and so on. So, um, you know, it's very much like the best, football player running down the field if he's so focused like sometimes you just see players seemingly bounce off of him right or he spins around him and so it's just sort of you know a lot of dudes always come up with the sports analogies right so it's like they pivot like you know well that just means turning on one foot it's just getting out of the way of the freight train coming towards you is what that means <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, most of the time it's just common sense right so you know, people always say to me, you know, they make it complicated, right? It's like, oh, what do I sell? How do I make this product? And I would say the one of the lessons that I've learned is just keep keep simplifying. And if you think it's simple enough, simplify some more. And, um, you know, so my answer to that question, sell what people are buying. It's good. Entrepreneurs always want to invent the new thing. You know how much money it costs to sell the first calculator? Like everyone loves slide rulers and they were like, what's a calculator? And the first calculator that added two plus two is four cost like $4,000 too. <laughs> so they were kind of like, what? I got a slide ruler. I can do that for free. So being the first in the market is the most expensive. It's the most labor and time intensive. It's crazy. So it's not, it doesn't hurt to have competition. In fact, it helps because the competition helps educate the marketplace for you. And then you can just step in and go, I got this. So, you know, Russell Brunson, famous for ClickFunnels, that's what he teaches. See a selling system online that works? Go imitate it. He calls it hacking, but just go imitate it. So it says, we sell the best vitamin C. So it says, you put up a thing that says, we sell the best vitamin C. And they have a picture of a lady jumping up in the air with flowers. You get a picture of another lady jumping up in the air with different flowers. And makes like, $50,000 $50,000 a day. It's like, well, what did he do? Well, he, he imitated what was working. Right. So, you know, simplify. And then, so, Oh, I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to sell. I don't know how to handle objections. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. Do you want my sales training? I'll give you my sales training right now. You can make a million dollars from this. Get a pen, get ready to write it down. Cause it's right, so complex. So it's like, you know, we sell vitamin C. It's made from organic oranges and we import them from Florida <laughs> over the state line, whatever you're saying. And the people are like, wow, that's really nice. I, I really would like that, that vitamin C. And so here's the sales training. Want one? Right? So whatever, if you're an artist make and you make this, this beautiful 
you know, dolphin sculpture. And I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. Want one? <laughs> and nice. They, they say, yes. And you go, great. <laughs> and they're like, how much is it? Well, it's two fifty. And they're like, okay. Or, you know, or they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. Well, then you just have a discussion, right? So it's like, well, I actually make a smaller version, and it's over here, and that's like whatever. So it's just a, a conversation. Learn how to have a conversation. This is what I try to get my kids to do when I unplug them from their phones surgically. It's like, hey, let's have a conversation. <laughs> and I'm like, you must use a sentence. You go to Europe for two months and go to 14 cities and go to 1500 museums and see this and that. And say, so how's your trip? Good. <laughs> right. Oh. And how old are you? Right. Yeah, 14. It's the same uh -huh. for adults, right? <laughs> like people yeah. are 55. They yeah. think they've got it figured out. No, you don't have a conversation, ask questions. And that's the other thing as an entrepreneur, ask questions. Don't be afraid mm -hmm. to ask questions. Ask, you know, be, and be honest. I'm starting a new company. We're, we're thinking of selling vitamin C. What are your thoughts on that? And they're like, oh, I eat vitamin C. That's good. I, I try it, right? Or, oh, no, I don't do that. Like, whatever. It, it, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it drives me insane that everyone thinks they have to have something that everybody wants. I was like, no, you just need something that 100 people want, really. You need something that 100 people want, maybe 1,000. And that's it. And, and you'll be fine. <laughs> but, but it's really um, mm -hmm. like marketing, Again, people overcomplicate it. It's very simple. Still today, the average and acceptable response rate to a direct mail campaign or, you know, to a cold market or for cold traffic online is between 1% and 3%. You're rocking it, right? Wow. So it's, it's a small numbers game. So you start out mm -hmm. big, but you filter down to those who really want to exchange money for what you offer. So... Um, one of my first information products I did was how to teach internet radio and we sent an email to a list of, I didn't even have the product. I just wrote the eight, uh, modules that I was going to, here's the, so I wrote a headline for each module, how to do mm -hmm. internet radio and then, you know, how to come up with a show, how to market it, how to find great guests, you know, like this one. And, and, and then, uh, uh how to <laughs> ask questions and you know, those types of things. So I just, I didn't even have the product yet. So they sent it to their list. Uh, what was it? 30,000 people, 800 signed up for the teleseminar. This was before webinars were invented and you still hand cranked your computer. Um, it was a teleseminar, so it was audio only, which was fine because I'm teaching how to do radio. Anyway, so 800 people signed up for the, uh, for the teleseminar. Only 400 showed up. So already I'm at 50% failure rate. Actually, I was worse already. Only 800 people responded out of 30,000. I should give up. No, right? So... I went from 30,000 to 800. Oh, no. I went from 800 to 400. Oh, no. 50% less, right? Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of like that Bible story. The dude had 32,000 soldiers and ended up with only 300 in the end and still won the battle. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, going back. <laughs> so, we went down, so now we're at 400 people showed up and only 10% bought. It was something like 45, 44. But it was a, it a, a $2,000 offer. And... 85 people bought or something. We did $165,000 in sales on one 75-minute call. Wow. And, I, and, and then, and then oh, I got 50% of that money because it was a JV, right? So it was mm -hmm. his list. He did the marketing. He had mm -hmm. the influence. He got the people there. He said, Martin Wales rocks. You should sign up for this. 
he earned it, right? I never would have made nice. that money without him. So I got 85,000 and I'm Canadian, US dollars. So at the time that was 125,000 Canadian dollars. And I taught, you know, this class was an hour, yeah. two hours at the most. So for, you know, 10, 12 hours work, I got 80, $125,000 in my country's currency. So I got paid, what was that? $10,000 an hour. It's not bad. Right? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> but wait a minute. What did I just tell you? I just told you at every level I failed. I lost 50%. The first one was the mm -hmm. worst, right? I, I don't even know. Right. It was 800 divided by 30,000. That's like, <laughs> you know, right. it's like 0.0002% of people replied. I'm like, oh, that's, that's horrible. Right. But when, wait a minute, I ended up with $125,000. Like would a million be nice? Sure. But could you live with $125,000 like getting your knees cut off 50% at four different levels? So sometimes it's just perspective. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. That's good. That's really uh, good, Martin. That, that was my babble story for this podcast. No, that's some, there's some good wisdom in there. Like there's some good lessons to be learned. I feel like the lights are going off, you know, probably for people who are listening who are like, oh, oh, oh. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's amazing how simple that is. So just looking at the small numbers again. So I've been at a a meeting with one of my clients, they have their sales training. So their sales team in, they've got a lady in and she's talking about selling radio advertising and you know, the clients, the prospects are like, Oh, you know, uh, it's expensive. So in their minds it's expensive or it's complicated, but by figuring out, well, what do you want to do? And they said, well, we want to increase our sales. You ask the prospect, do you want to increase your sales by 50,000? Okay. Well, the average customer is worth 5,000. So that's only 10 customers. Okay. Well, you only need to play, this many radio ads or something. And it usually ends up, they need one person a week, <laughs> like one prospect more a week to wow. meet their goal of increasing their sales 50% or whatever it is. Or maybe it's, you know, 10 people a week or two people a day, which for a retail store, you know, like a bakery, a bakery has like a hundred people come in a day. So until you show them, even in their own business, they don't get it. It's like, look, you only need two more people. Say, <laughs> So, you know, a lot of people are doing online products and things like that. If you can find mm -hmm. one product that you can sell $197, which is, you know, the most people a reasonable, acceptable amount of money, you know, some people it's a lot of money, but it's not um, outrageous, right? Mm -hmm. So you can have a two payment right. plan for $99 and two easy payments. I mean, just watch the, you want to learn how to sell stuff online? Watch the Home Shopping Network for two days and take notes, right? So they have three easy payments of... $50 or three easy payments of $97 and they repeat the message three times and just get the pattern of how they speak. Anyway, I digress. So if you have a product for 197, you know, if you sell only Monday to Friday and sell one a day, that's a thousand dollars a week. That's $4,000 a month. So have your goal to sell one a day, not to sell a million dollars. Right. So, before I was saved and a good Christian, I, I used to say the first murder is the hardest. <laughs> this, this, is, this is why the police are more wound up when somebody kills someone because they're like, they'll do anything after that, right? Because they've got um, nothing to lose kind of yeah. thing. So right. it's kind of the same thing. Once you make your first dollar in an online sale, you're like, woohoo, it is possible. And you've broken your own one minute mile, right? But yeah. it's easier to go for the goal of one than a million. Right. 
everyone's always 1 million, six figure, seven figure, 10X. I'm like, one, sell one, sell one today. <laughs> like, just put that, write that on a little card and stick it on your wall. Sell one today. Mm-hmm. If you've, you know, and then you, can you phone five people in a day? Probably. You know, if you're really crazy, you could probably even call 10 or contact them online or go into a Facebook group or an Instagram group or a LinkedIn group. It's this networking in the virtual sense, right? Try and connect with five people a day and sell one. Yeah, that's good. What's the Way to break it down. being a millionaire? Sell one. Right. Coca-Cola <laughs> one bottle at a time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, again, numbers. Coca-Cola, number one selling product probably in the world, everything else. Six percent of people will buy a Coca-Cola today. Not wow. like 98 or whatever. Right. Just 6%. 6%. 1% will buy shoes and 99% of those are women. <laughs> but it's just small numbers, but repeated continuously. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're working out of your home, many people are, sell one. You can do it. Go, go, go do it. Go be relentless. Sell one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we told you how to do that. You say, Want one? Want one? <laughs> you know, my 16-year-old boy goes next door and says, would you like me to cut your lawn? And they're like, sure, that's just want one in a sentence. Like, want mm-hmm. a lawn cut? Want a haircut? Want a doggy shampoo? Holy smokes, pets are children now. There's a market. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, you know, there's some ladies who've knitted a doggy coat and they're like, want one? And before you know it, their friends tell their friends and they're like, got a little mm-hmm. factory going in their basement with three, four people and they're making doggy coats. It's like, they didn't even plan on it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But they said those magic words. (laughs) (laughs) Want one? (laughs) But even then the customer comes to themselves. That's so cool. Can I have one? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Russell Brunson, again, he he started with a potato gun. They're like a bunch of frat kids are like, can I have a potato gun? Sure. Want one? (laughs) He didn't even do that. He just want the plants for one. I'm not even going to build it for you. Want the plants, you know? So it's, it's not as hard as we make it to be sometimes mm-hmm. or it is as hard as we make it to be probably makes sense too. Yeah. Proverbs, the sequel. It's funny. My dad is retired and uh, he's a chaplain now. And so like he'll be on the scene during a, a you know, a horrible accident right, or right. something mm-hmm. really tragic happens and he shows up and he's Mr. Steady. And so he ended up making <clears throat> unrelated to what he does now. He ended mm-hmm. up making these bee traps because he built this um, one level home and he had all these wood bees that were coming and like boring uh, into the wood in his house. Right. And, I had those. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it turns out that when other people see that, you know, you can make these and they catch the bees and then you preserve your home, they're like, oh, I want one. Oh, yeah. Can you make one for me? And so he started making them for, I don't know, $8, $12, something, you know, right. like 10 bucks. And uh, So much for um, two easy payments of $97, like, but yeah, sure. <laughs> right, right. But he's like, I, I don't know if I want to make any more, but people keep asking me for them. So, I mean, I guess I got to keep making them. Ah, <laughs> oh, no. See, now you need to teach him about outsourcing. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Teach how to make them. Pay him two bucks a month. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Yeah. And he's got like my nephews live right down the road. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's the next lesson. Want one? Oh, I can't make that many. Oh, outsource. Oh, now we talk about scaling. 
<laughs> you want the advanced training? You want the advanced sales yes. training? Yes, How many yes, would let's you hear like? it. How many would you like? <laughs> I, I used to say, do you want two? You know, or do you want 10? But now you just say, how many would you like? Nice. This is gold. Like, you're just dropping, you know, bombs here. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fun. People always say to me, what do you want to do? I said, I just want to show up and talk. Yeah. <laughs> just, just let me show yeah, up and talk. I totally, I get that. Totally. I feel like we're kind of cut from the same cloth. I'm like, if oh. I could just make a living encouraging people, I would do that. Like, that's well, the can. thing that I want to do. That's what Tony Robbins does. That's what Brendan Bouchard does. That's what, uh, you know, Zig Ziglar had more sales behind it. God bless him. Love him. Jim Rohn, same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what preachers do. People give them money. <laughs> yeah. That was a good that was a good one. 20 bucks. <laughs> that was a great one. 40 bucks. Right. I just stood up here and read Proverbs. <laughs> there you go. They're not even using original material. They're like pulling it from a 2,000-year-old book. So exactly. it's just, But there's, there is um, almost any business, even like the radio advertising people today. I, I said to them, when you're a salesperson, right, you're just helping encourage them to make a decision that they want to make. They just want permission right. to make it. They know they need to help, to tell people about their business. They know that radio is one media to do that. They know that it, they're just like in their mind inside, they're going, is it the right thing to do? And, you know, is it how risky is it? And will I make my money back in sales? And they're just, they're human. So it doesn't matter if mm-hmm. you're selling a, a, a you know, uh, motivational tape or a, uh, you know, meditation piece or something like that, or a nuclear missile. <laughs> the person <laughs> making the decision doesn't want to mess up, right? The person making mm-hmm. the decision to buy the laptops for the sales team doesn't want to make a career-limiting decision or even just a decision that makes them the butt of a joke for the rest of their career there, right? Like, they're just right. human. They don't, want, they don't want to look silly. They don't want to feel stupid. They don't want other people to judge them. And if if you can do anything, like you said, just showing up and encouraging people. We're always encouraging people. You know, if you're doing the right thing, you're not, you don't have to sell hard because look, I know you should take this vitamin C. I know that, you know, every study you read tells you vitamin C helps you. And and in fact, more and more that it's, they're, they're haven't yet discovered all the power of vitamin C and all the things that it does. Right? It can eliminate a cold. It can prevent a cold. It can fight cancer. I mean, there's crazy things, right? All about this common thing called vitamin C. So, but if I know it's going to help you, then I'm going to be more passionate about, seriously, you need this. I, I know you need this. And I'm doing the best that I can to get it in your hands. And that's all I can do. Right? And then, mm-hmm. hey, look at all these 1,000 other people who bought it and what they said about it. So, it's, if you're doing the right thing, it'll be a lot easier. So we're still always encouraging people. We're just more confident. And it doesn't mean we don't have no lack of, you know, it doesn't mean we don't question ourselves or don't have days of doubt or anything else. But we're just more like, today I feel like Superman or Wonder Woman and I'm going to help you feel like Superman or Wonder Woman and here's how I do it. Right. You know, yeah, so absolutely. So it's, it's, all, it's all possible. Just help make others feel better. So, so that's all it takes. The more you serve, the more you will be blessed, for sure. This is true. I know this to be true, without a doubt. You're absolutely right. Word of mouth still. Word of mouth online. When something goes viral, it's just word of mouth done digitally. Mm-hmm. So 
I, and ask people. Ask people to tell other people. Did you like that? Awesome. If you wouldn't mind help me, helping me help other people, spread the word. And they do. Right. Well, yeah. most of the time they do. The, the people like to brag, oh, check out these shoes I got. I got a good deal. Mm-hmm. And we need to be told what to do sometimes, you know. Yeah. I think the majority of us need to be told mm-hmm. what to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm constantly telling myself what to do. I'm like, all right, Lori, stop, <laughs> make your tea. Okay, now do a pull-up. Okay, right. now yeah. <laughs> take I your supplements. Yeah, exactly. I have voices <laughs> in my head. Okay, you are making the kids' lunches. Don't do anything until you make the kids' lunches. Okay, yeah. you're the baby's formula. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's like, and maybe that's that 80 thing, whatever it is. Squirrel. Right, but, um, 80 squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've been helping a dude write some copy, and his journal is called Squirrel. It's the Squirrel Journal because it's to help people stay focused. <laughs> we forgot where we buried our nuts. Squirrel. So, oh, see, now, I forgot what we're talking about. But it's just. Um, people need to be told what to do. We tell ourselves what to do. Uh, tell ourselves what to do. And my wife helps me. She'll tell me what to do. <laughs> when I don't look like I know what I'm doing, she'll tell me what to do. And I'm good with that. So. I always tell them, and I tell my boys this. Um, so we want to, so we want to be the one to serve our customer, right? So what do you need to do to be the one to serve your customer? You know, and it's not all about price. It's generally about great customer service. It's about caring and listening and doing whatever, you know, is reasonable and practical, obviously, to serve them. So, you know, I'm I'm at home with my wife and. You know, there's things that need to be done around the house. The, the cat pukes, the kids puke. <laughs> That's a big one. That's my right? job. The, yeah. I am the ladle man. Um, and, <laughs> but I tell my sons, it's like, I want to be the one. I don't want my wife to call someone else or another man to come take the garbage out or to fix this or fix that. It's like, I want to be the one. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how can we do that in our minds for our customers? I want to be the one. I want to be the one that they come to when they need X. I want to be the one that they call when Y happens in their life. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, see some great, you know, women empowerment coaches. And that's where you see, you know, men are like, oh, we are horrible at networking. We are horrible at empowering ourselves. We're all about puffery. <laughs> you see a lot of warrior training now and, you know, how to be a man in the modern world and all sorts of things like that. So you just need to sort of keep a pulse on what's going on and then, just see where a lot of people are in pain, and that's very often where a product or service is as well. And go from there. So, like, I would say that there would be some good money in teaching parents how to deal with teens and their technology. Yeah, I'm one of those right? people because I'm like, uh, I don't even know it's what a, to do. Like, this is yeah, a, it's it's an a addiction. whole new, yes. Right. It is completely so, new, uncharted territory for us. It's an addiction that doesn't look like an addiction. But if you yes. take a dog from a bone and it goes, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you take a cell phone from a tween or a teen, they're like, <laughs> it's like that's right. a problem. You know, so yeah. if I say, hey, put your cell phone down for 20 minutes and then turn this into a one-hour argument, that's a problem. Because they can, right. oh, yeah, sure, no problem. Right? Like, so there's an issue. And it's, it, everyone's got it. If you. I, I swear, you probably couldn't talk to very many parents who, if their children, if they allowed their children to have a phone, they have problems, mm-hmm. right? So what's fair? Yeah. You know, one hour after school, if they don't take it to school, I mean, teachers don't help. They're like, oh, no, look it up on your phone. Go to Google and look up George Washington. And you're like, what? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, I'm, that's just an example of one issue that you can deal with. So again, 
open your eyes. If you want to marketing and sales training, just watch some television, watch some commercials, watch a, a you know, direct selling call 1-800 now. Operators are standing by, buy one, get one free. Look at all the different offers they have and just create one for yourself. That's I have two good. teenagers, buy one, get one free. <laughs> right. <laughs> two easy payments of 197. <laughs> Helpful labor around your house. And then sometimes it's fun where you just sort of, you sort of imitate it but acquire it, right? There's a, there's a certain, you know, you don't want to be Barnum, P.T. Barnum or anything, but at the same time, when you start, it's like you get better at singing when you imitate. Like a lot of people, when they start out, a lot of artists start out, they do covers. Right. And then they eventually write their own. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like training wheels on a bike. So you just kind of do that with certain selling situations. And here's another one. What works on you can work for you. So think about the sales processes or offers or marketing where you're like, you weren't even interested in it. You didn't know you were interested in it and you ended up buying it. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, mm -hmm. how did that happen? So sort of step back and outside of yourself say, well, what happened? Well, there was this commercial. Well, what happened? Well, there was a sound. It was a bell. Like ding, 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 ding. Come and get it. Wow. What, what's that? That's like, you know, just like mom used to make, you know, pre-made meals. So if you don't have time, but you still want to eat healthy, call Everfresh, right? Tell us what you want, type of meat, type of vegetables. We'll bring it to your doorstep. You just keep it in the fridge and microwave it, and you've got meals for every night of the week, whether you've got soccer practice or work two jobs. You'll have food that's fresh and organic and lovely or whatever. You know, you're like, oh, okay. They talked about time, convenience. Mm -hmm. uh, give me a service that I wanted. I hadn't even thought about it before, but I knew I had the pain. Yes. Yeah. Touch that there pain point and you have my attention. Pain. <laughs> pain. See, if you, if you said to someone like, you know, this is where focus groups are kind of weird. If you sit down with someone and say, what do you want? They're like, uh, I don't know. Right. Um, or, right. um, but if you say to someone, so let's say you're picking a career. So my, my, my son's 19 and he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what college to go to because I don't know what career I want to be in. And he's like, uh, you know, he's not making a decision because he's in fear. And I said, well, sometimes the way to discover what you want is to list all the things that you know you absolutely do not ever want to do. Mm -hmm. And then it guides you to the answer. But you didn't even know what the answer was. It just pops out. You know, I know I don't want to work outside in the hot sun digging ditches. I know I don't want to you know, uh, be doing math or chemistry or, you know, let's stop everything you never, ever want to do again. That doesn't mean you don't ever have to do taxes, but <laughs> it's just, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but even then, if you do the right thing, you can hire someone, right? But it's true. it will guide you towards the right thing. And you can do that in your business. And I, that's the big marketing mistake I see. People market to their solution. I have this really great um, juice and it's really good and it increases your metabolism and it's organic and um, it doesn't have any additives and they're marketing the features of the product, <sighs> right? <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Versus want to lose weight? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You want to do it without any additives with, a, with something that's totally organic? Yeah. Yeah. I want to lose sure. weight. Right. Then you're like, oh, well, you should check this out because everyone who drinks this loses like a pound a week. Guaranteed. Okay. I'm in. Like you don't start, right. you know, you don't start with, with a dentist. He, like he says, Hey, come on in. We give you needles. So you don't feel the pain. 
you're like, uh, needles? What? <laughs> right? They start with white teeth. White teeth. Happy smile. <laughs> Nothing bad happens here. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there, a lot yeah. to, you know, um, describing how someone is going to feel once they you know, get the product or, or, you know, buy the service or whatever it is. It's how am I going to feel afterward? Yeah. And, and it's then the you're old, willing they want, to through. They want the painting hanging on the wall. They want the mm-hmm. hole in the wall to hang the painting. They don't want the drill. Yeah. So yeah. same, same deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Always trying to bring it back to <laughs> simplify. So, uh, this is my favorite expression when people ask me, go ahead as a podcast or interviewer, ask me what is my favorite wisdom ever shared with me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, Martin, what is your favorite bit of wisdom that was ever shared with you? Oh, that's an amazing question, and I'm so glad you asked it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Son... The best way to dig a hole is with a shovel. That's profound. It's like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> because, you know, like, oh, I could design a backhoe and I could <sighs> rent a thing. And a <laughs> it's like, it won't even fit between the houses to plant your tree. You need a shovel. <laughs> so, so the best but I could build to- a garage. Yeah. <laughs> How about I build a garage? <laughs> Exactly. We need a place to put the shovel, right? Put the, exactly. So we go crazy. So sometimes... And hire and a crew. Now, yeah. Like so the best way to take notes for me still is with a notebook and a pen. Like, a, yeah. you know, I cannot type fast enough. Most people cannot type fast enough. And even if they get the, the stilo and write on the computer screen and everything, it's not ever the same as a pencil and paper. Right. No, so, you're right. Best way to dig a hole is with a shovel. And then... Uh, Number two would be sales are made on the road. So I talked to the, and this dates me. Um, he said, I talked to the number one liquid paper salesman in North America. <laughs> and I just said, because I wanted to distill down, you know, how did you do that? So I said, how did you do that? And he said, son, why do they always say son? <laughs> I guess I was young. And he said, sales are made on the road, <laughs> right? Sales are made on the road. That means you can't sit in your office all day and design marketing and write a book and do this mm-hmm. and that. You have to talk to people. You have to go out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, Mr. The Old 65 and became a success. He went out and drove from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant to restaurant saying, want one with a special mm-hmm. chicken recipe. And he just kept going till he got a yes. So good. So yeah. best way to dig Pretty a hole with a shovel. And that is not tied into the first murder is the hardest. I'll just make that disclaimer right now. <laughs> No, not at all. There was no correlation there no whatsoever. No connection. <laughs> Except to my friend Tony no one... and Tony. Right. Bill collectors, yes. Bill collectors. Right. No one was harmed in the making of this podcast. Uh, I like that. That's a, good, that's a good disclaimer. You should put that on. <laughs> oh, my word. All right, Martin. We're going to have to wrap it up. All righty. We've... Uh, we we have <laughs> gone around the mountain and then you know come back through and now we're gonna tunnel with our shovel and you know make our way to the other side. But well, there you um, go. If, 
Is there anything that you would like to share with the audience before we close this thing out and let them know how to find you on the internet? Um, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, I think we were a beautiful example of two squirrel people talking about many different things, and I hope my friend right. listening benefited. Um, I think, <laughs> you know what? I always have hope, right? I, you don't read in the newspapers in North America anyway, God bless us, that, you know, people are, are starving to death. I mean, there's certainly societal challenges and so on, but we are blessed to be in, you know, in North America and many other countries where people are blessed and there's always hope. So, I, I mean, I didn't even talk about it, but one of the things that I, my wife and I benefited from being entrepreneurs, although we still had our challenges, our, our last child is now 20 months old, Mighty Miracle Marcus, was born without lungs. So um, they said he had less than a 20% chance when she was in her first trimester. They kept saying he had less than 20% chance. When he was born, they're like, no, we should just let him die. We should just, he's not going to live, et cetera. You know, it was crazy. And we just, we never entertained that thought, even though it might have been an outcome. We never for a second entertained that thought. And we just had a determination, right or wrong. I mean, we, we were faithful in, in our faith and our prayers and so on. And, and in, in our belief, Jesus healed him. And he had lungs six months later. And wow. you know, they all, he was missing a piece of his diaphragm. They pushed his guts down, put on a piece of Gore-Tex. But they said, that's all we can do. You know, <laughs> that's it. We don't do lung transplants. There's no medicine. We don't grow lungs. <laughs> Nothing. I said, that's okay. It's going to get handled. Six months later, he had lungs. And he's home now. He's on a bit wow. of oxygen and feeding him, But he'll be off those things probably within a year. Um, oxygen probably within a month. But... Um, but I didn't believe the naysayers. I didn't listen to the naysayers. I didn't, you know, right. I, so it was, I showed respect and, and I'm like, thanks for the input. <laughs> I'm not accept Just because someone tries to give you input doesn't mean you need to let it in. So um, mm -hmm. I just like, thank you very much. So you can always have hope, even as an entrepreneur, even in your business, just hold on to hope. I mean, you don't, you want to learn from people who've made mistakes to avoid them. You want to learn from people like we talked about the, hacking the, the sales process and copying it. So don't reinvent the wheel. Keep it simple. Have hope and be resilient and persistent, and you will succeed. Uh, you know, sometimes it's fast, sometimes it's slow, but it's a journey, and that's what this podcast is about. It's a journey, and, and as cliche as it is, enjoy the journey. And, and the, mm -hmm. so take someone with you, <laughs> you know, find a buddy, you know, even if they're not your business partner, find a buddy, find, find someone else who's also an entrepreneur and team up and the buddy system works. And, that, and that's why we still use it. So find a buddy and, you know, have hope and you can do it. Love it. Yeah. Words to live by for sure. So, oh, and well, if you want to know where to find me, I, I did appreciate yes, that. Invitation. That was my next question. Yep. Customercatcher.com. Um, if uh, you're looking for business strategy, help with those sorts of things. If you're in the author, speaker, uh, coach, independent professional salesperson, and you're uh, either retiring and you're just starting being a consultant, or you've just decided you're going to start a business and you want to be a coach in, in some area, um, then instantauthorityblueprint.com. There's a, a free download there for you if you want to look at. Um, a blueprint for how to become the go-to person, the expert, the recognized and allowed, allowed, L-A-U-D-E-D, um, the uh, respected person in your industry or your niche. It's instantauthorityblueprint.com. And that's, uh, awesome. there's a, actually it's, it, there's a PDF, but once you click on it on the download page, there's a, 
I think it was a 45 minute training on how to implement those things. Nice. So that is my gift for your lovely listeners. And I thank you again for having me on and I appreciate it. I'm so glad we uh, ran across each other and finally uh, got on the air together. I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. This has been a blast. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes. So, you know, don't write and drive. So you can go back, <laughs> get on your, your laptop or Just or put on your lipstick and eat a muffin while you drive. Yeah, right. Please. No, Please. no, no. <laughs> we, Tennessee just passed a hands-free Tennessee law. So oh, good. yeah, now we can get pulled over and ticketed for not driving with our hands. So. Son, the best way to drive a car is with two hands. Yeah. I, you know what? I agree. So I think that's where we should, um, you know, close the podcast episode with <laughs> that bit of advice, those words of wisdom. <laughs> From Proverbs, the sequel. Right, exactly. The best way to drive is with Two both hands. hands. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, Martin, thank you so much for joining thank me. You. And uh, I'm eager to, you know, continue to watch your journey unfold and access all of your awesome resources and keep our conversation going. And then, you know, maybe sometime in, in the near future, we can have you back on and we can tackle some of the specific stuff that we talked about at a deeper level. But thanks for sure. sharing your journey with us and just so my appreciate pleasure. you being here. Oh, my pleasure. God bless you. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you thought of someone while you're listening to this episode, would you send it to them? Just let them know you were thinking about them or that they came to mind and make that connection. If you would take a minute to rate and review my show, that would mean the world to me. And let me know about topics that you want us to cover in future episodes. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe. What are you waiting for? Go, hit the subscribe button right now. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Mwah.